pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome, it is the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix podcast for you here on this Tuesday morning, afternoon, whenever you're hearing my voice. Happy to be with you. I am Dan Bach, all presented to you today by our friends over at Fantasy Draft. Be sure to check them out again, uh, coming up on their big 100K tournaments. Uh, Not too far down the road. I think we're about 10 days out from that one right after the 4th of July. And uh, that's going to be the biggest GPP that they have run. $55 buy-in and uh, a way for you to uh, try and qualify via the satellites. You can do that over on their site each and every night, pretty much leading up to that. Uh, And certainly check them out. Again, rake-free head-to-heads. I post usually uh, maybe a half hour before roster lock uh, at a variety of different price points myself. And if you're going to play those games, why not do them commission-free over at Fantasy Draft? I do think you'll really enjoy their flexible roster setup that they have. And uh, pumped to see what they have going on this football season. You know, very... Uh, well, financially backed company. Of course, they came out and uh, you know helped bail out the fantasy aces customers, which was a tremendous gesture on their part. And uh, and hopefully, you give them a chance to earn your business. I think you'll enjoy what they have out there. So uh, check them out, fantasydraft.com. Of course, today we're going to get on the Tuesday night slate, but a couple of things I need to uh, let you know what we've got going on here at Roto Grinders. Uh, Some big news in the whole uh, sports gaming world this morning and the potential effects I think it could have on the daily fantasy space, mainly FanDuel and DraftKings. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, First, I want to let you know about what we got going on tonight as we are premiering our uh, debut of NFL Best Ball. It's going to be a show that we do each and or every other week, probably around Tuesday nights. And it's going to feature Eric Crane, and then it's going to feature Rich Rebar from Roto World and Evan Silva from Roto World. Now, Evan's on vacation, so he can't make it this week. So you get Mike Beers, who is basically a best ball aficionado. Super pumped to have him a part of the team. And uh, and these guys are going to just basically be getting you ready to play NFL best ball on draft. Uh, obviously, they launched that product not that long ago. And uh, it is a really well-done product. I mean, obviously, my fantasy leagues have been running these MFLs for a while, but the technology is just so far superior over on Draft, and we're pumped to kind of deliver the content for you guys to play those games at a highest le- at the highest level you can. So we're going to have, obviously, a lot of columns, uh, you know, average draft positions uh, on Draft and all this other kind of stuff. But these guys tonight are going to talk to you about it, and then... Uh, when we do this show every other week, 
it's just going to be like an awesome thing. Even if you don't want to play the the uh, the uh, the draft best ball games, which we hope you do, but even if you don't want to, you basically get to hear NFL talk from Evan Silva, Rich Rebar, and Eric Crane every other week here on RG. Like that in its own right is going to be the prep that you want to have when you get ready for daily fantasy contests uh, in the beginning of September. So uh, we are totally stoked to be bringing you this show and uh, and check it out. It's going to be at 9 Eastern tonight. We'll also be uh, promoting it uh, pretty heavily on demand because it's going to be kind of evergreen content. It's why we're doing it every two weeks. So they'll be keeping you up to date on all the news, notes, training camps when those get started. Um, you know, notes that are that are going on. And uh, again, tr- trying to help you try a new brand of fantasy sports over at Draft. So um, check that out tonight, 9 Eastern. And then coming up on Friday this week, we're going to be ho- doing a host draft as well. It's going to be after hours. I think it's going to be 8 or 9 Eastern. I'll have to check the schedule on that one. And uh, and it's going to be a, a number of the Roto Grinders hosts. We're going to bring the fantasy a a what is it a h a d h d that's it fantasy a d h d Josh uh, he is going to come in and uh, basically make fun of our picks and why they're not good for uh, average draft position or whatnot. It's going to be fun. We've got myself. We've got beer. We've got siege. We've got a handful of guys who are going to be drafting that up, and that's going to be on kind of Friday night. So we'll be able to kind of sweat some baseball games, do some drafts, and you guys as well should be able to join us uh, in those. So that should be a lot of fun on Friday night, so don't miss out on that. So bring in some NFL offseason content here to Roto-Grinders. I'm pumped for that. Uh, Also, the next thing I want to talk about today, kind of industry-related, was it just dropped this morning, but apparently the uh, Supreme Court of the United States is going to hear the uh, sports betting case where you have the state of New Jersey is trying to say, hey, you know what? Why can Nevada and these other states, how come you know you can allow them to offer sports betting and you don't offer it to other states? That's kind of against the federalism, the, uh, the, the sovereignty clause, equal sovereignty between states. And, you know, I think that this is something that's been in the courts for, it feels like five, six years now, and now it's at its highest court. And I feel like there is uh, an absolute opportunity here to have some gaming laws changed in this country, which absolutely needs to happen. I mean, the sports betting world is an underground, um, in the shadows, untaxed uh, business right now where it doesn't need to be, especially where... We suddenly allow it where, oh, it's okay for you to do this in Nevada and not okay for you to do it anywhere else is just absolutely pathetic. You know, the one thing we can say, at least with Daily Fantasy, is that, you know, some states are deciding whether they want it or they don't want it. And ultimately, it's what we feel, I feel, should be happening with sports betting as well. If a state doesn't want it, that's fine. You know, put it on the uh, ballot. Let the legislators decide whether or not this is going to, uh, you know, provide enough uh, taxes for, you know, said states. But the fact of the matter is the current setup, I think PASPA is something that should have never passed in the beginning. Now, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but I also believe that they've had every ample opportunity not to take this case. And the fact that they are, I think, bodes very, very well. And the leagues who have been sitting there in their hypocrisy for so long saying, oh, uh, we don't want gambling in the NFL, yet we will go stage games out in London where there's literally betting shops on every corner. We'll move a team to Las Vegas 
the hypocrisy is through the roof and enough already. And they're going to have to crap or get off the pot at some point in time. And now is probably that point in time because if they lose this, they lose a ton of leverage. So I would expect something to potentially happen here in the next six months. And uh, we've already seen other leagues like the NBA and MLB to a little bit lesser degree be in favor of it. The PGA is highly in favor of it. So uh, I think the winds are changing. And I know some people have had this thought process of like, well, as soon as sports betting is legalized, that will be the end of uh, Daily Fantasy. And I don't believe that for a single second because, again, uh, the skill gaming aspect that goes along with playing DFS, not that there's not skill in betting on sports, there absolutely is, but it's a huge, huge difference. One is peer-to-peer where you basically determine the edge based on the amount of time and work and effort you put in versus betting against the house that has, you know, the most optimal betting lines you can find because that's what they do. That is their job. And, you know, the win rate to be a, uh, a profitable sports better versus the win rate to be a profitable daily fantasy player, I think it's kind of night and day there. Um, because you close your eyes and pick a game against the spread over the long term, you're going to be 50-50. The spread is going to make you within that threshold because uh, that's what you do. But if you blindly pick fantasy teams each and every day, uh, there's no way that you're going to win and lose 50% of your games. It doesn't work that way. So I think that the daily fantasy space is still going to exist because I think there's a lot of demand by younger generations to say, hey, you know what? Like, we don't want... We want things decided more by skill than by luck. But I'll tell you why I think this is really good for the for the daily fantasy space as well. Is we've seen FanDuel and DraftKings um, financials. They've been leaked out. They haven't been pretty. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation of whether or not these companies can survive, you know, with the merger not going through. And I honestly really believe that, you know, the Supreme Court picking up this case could be the lifeline that they need because let's let's be frank here. Um, DraftKings, according to somewhere I read, has 7 million uh, accounts uh, worldwide who've signed up on DraftKings. That's a monster database of players to be able to reach out to and offer uh, sports betting to. Is it going to be on said DraftKings platform? Probably not. They would probably open up a different platform from it and combine wallets. Uh, so you've got, you know, your funds from DraftKings, your funds from DraftBets or KingBets or whatever they want to call it. Um, and uh, I just think that, like, you're, you're kidding yourselves if you don't think that potentially these daily fantasy platforms can be leveraged in a sports betting environment. Because uh, I absolutely think they can. And I think it's going to be the, obviously a lot of the people who have the interest of playing daily fantasy sports might be interested in hedging their their daily fantasy games through betting on the games. Who knows? But I know this much, that this opportunity is going to be there. And they are very much positioned well for it because here's the thing about sports betting if or when it becomes legal and who knows it could be five years before it happens could be 2018 but it's more than likely going to happen on a state-by-state level and the thing that's important to know is and where FanDuel and DraftKings are positioned so well is that's how they operate currently they already have 
their geo-tracking all set up. So, you know, if I cross the border from Florida to Alabama, I can't play in Alabama, but I can play in Florida. I can't play in Nevada, but I can play in California. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, people are likely going to need to have implemented and offered and obviously have the know your customer and the age verification. You know, there's a lot of those things that sound easy to put together and to do. Well, FanDuel and DraftKings uh, have already done that. And I think that's going to give them a potential to move into the market maybe faster than other places potentially will. So it's it's fascinating. But if anything, like I said, the fact that the SCOTUS picked this up, I think it might look at those investors who may have said otherwise, you know what, man, you know, we made a good run at it. FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, one of the, the investment groups might have just said, you know what, we just, we don't want to put any more money in and ultimately say, you know what, we're just going to fall by the wayside. I don't think that's going to happen, but not an impossibility. You know, there's been rumors that, you know, both of these companies or one of these companies is, you know, in better financial shape than the other. Well, suddenly if they look at it and say, okay, well, you know what, this opportunity extends beyond just fantasy sports. You know, let's re-up the ante, let's refocus, because I honestly believe, and I think most people would agree, that, you know, the one drawback of fantasy sports here is it's all dependent on liquidity because you need the people to play the games to build up the prize pools that allows them to rake the games. That's not really the case when you're taking man versus house sports bets on a given day. Just having that platform and being early to market is a huge advantage to you. And I think that there's absolutely plenty of space in that market for a lot of people to uh, to you know be in that business because it's not dependent on liquidity. So it could even extend beyond FanDuel and DraftKings. So I think it's a slightly more profitable venture um, than uh, than trying to you know build the sites accordingly with just lots of advertising money and and making sure you've got the biggest game so you can rake the most amount of money. So uh, so I think it's I think it's an opportunity for them to maybe go to their investors and be like, hey, we're you know th- this is going to be an opportunity for us to expand what we do, and you know one is going to help the other one grow and vice versa. And honestly, you know the whole potential around sports betting is huge. I mean, there is, uh, you know, I think that the whole concept of just betting against point spreads, it's simple. That's what a lot of people like to do. But I just love the peer versus peer skill kind of gaming, even within sports betting. What if you and and your buddy wanted to pick 10 games against the spread uh, or 20 games against the spread so you get a better sweat equity throughout the day and uh, and you know there's your there's your card, but it is peer versus peer, and it's raked accordingly. Like I think there's just so much opportunity for you know skill innovation, almost hybrid DFS and sports betting games down the road, and that's really what I'm looking for forward to. I really am. I think that's going to be a lot of fun because. Uh, again, skill gaming for people like myself, for the younger generation, and I'm not the younger generation, you know, that's more appealing to us than, you know, going and playing a slot machine that you know is programmed that you lose. And I think your typical sports betting setup, I don't say it's programmed for you to lose, 
but it's certainly much, much, much more difficult to win. And see, that's the other thing too. The one thing about daily fantasy that people crave and they love about it is you can put a $4 entry in on a Sunday and win $50,000. And it's not easy, but you can do it. Now to put a $4 parlay together to win $50,000, again, your day is pretty much over likely uh, after that first game when you lose your 22-team parlay or whatever it would be. So uh, I still think there's going to be a lot of demand for that put in a little money and win a lot. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself here because sports betting's far, far from being legalized. But I just think that this is something that is really going to expedite the process And, you know, the Supreme Court, they might even reject it. But my feeling is they had ample opportunity to reject it and say, we're just not going to take this. Clearly, there's enough interest in there. And uh, I'm super interested to see where this ends up. So uh, I've got my eye on that one. Uh, I don't think the ruling would be until, what, next season? Or maybe they have a a session in in October or November. But... Um, regardless, you know, this was positive news because we can all agree our gaming laws are freaking flawed in this country and, uh, they need to be reevaluated. So, uh, all right, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Let's get to DFS for tonight. We got a, a big slate today, a big pitching slate yesterday was a complete and utter poop show for my lineups and my takes. I love the nationals yesterday and, it's not good when Eddie Butler, Eddie Butler's you, and uh, or Pelfrey's you, whatever you want to call it, because the guy, again, smoke and mirrors, Nationals, I didn't stack them up much all season long, and of course, the one time I do, they just, you know, just do absolutely nothing. So yesterday was not a great day. Uh, I didn't have any of the uh, Indians. I didn't have any of the uh, uh, Rangers yesterday. Those were the teams that you obviously needed. Uh, pitching takes were all right, but, you know, on a six-game slate and one game goes off if you don't have it, close the laptop and, and get ready for tonight. So let's do it. And uh, obviously, we've got Max Scherzer on the mound again here tonight, and he gets a Cubs offense, which leaving a lot to be desired. I mean, this lineup that they rolled out yesterday was a complete and utter disaster. Now, they still picked up the win yesterday, but... You know, they had uh, Candelario out there. Um, they had Almora. They had um, Zagunis. Is that right? And a guy I'd never even heard of playing in the outfield yesterday. So we'll see what they roll out there against Max Scherzer tonight. But Vegas obviously has the Cubs at the lowest implied team total of this slate. Not the strongest favorite, though, are the Nationals at minus 168. That feels low for a home start for Scherzer. Uh, I'm not afraid to fade it in certainly in GPPs, you know, in cash games yesterday, I I did end up fading sale on uh, fantasy draft. The one place I did play some, some cash games yesterday. I kind of regret that because the K's were, were there. And obviously my spend ups, Murphy, Harper, judge Sanchez all sucked. You know what? And, um, you know, things didn't go so hot, but you know, again, the price tag on him is so, so high here right now at you know, 12K on FanDuel, you can probably make that work. But 13K on DraftKings, 25-2 on Fantasy Draft. Uh, man, that's those are some some high numbers there. Now you look at the history against Scherzer for some of these Cubs bats, and you know Chris Bryant, their best hitter, is 0 for 8 against him 
in his career. And he's really, you know, done fairly well. Uh, ben Zobrist, three home runs in 25 at-bats against them. Rizzo, uh, you know, just three for eight with one home run. Not too worried about previous history there. But, uh, again, with the Cubs winning that game yesterday against the Nationals, uh, I don't know. Like, the price, I just don't know if there's quite the upside there on a 15-game slate. Obviously, we're going to have value jump out. And if you're a believer in, you know, the 2K crappers out there, then you're putting them in your lineup. Unfortunately, outside of Mr. Candelario yesterday, not many of my 2K crappers did much except crap. So um, hopefully we can improve upon that a little bit today. So I like him, but, you know, I don't think he's necessarily a must-play in this situation. Uh, the the arms that I'm looking at tonight, let's see. Uh, I think, let me, I'm really interested in Verlander tonight. Again, the BVP crowd is going to hate him because certainly the Royals have had his number for his career, but um, they're just not a very good offense going against a, uh, a right-handed pitcher here in Verlander had 11 strikeouts in his last start. Pitched really well that day. Uh, I think he had some bad luck, if memory serves me right. But, you know, three earned runs in five and two-thirds innings. Had 11 strikeouts with only one walk. And the walks have been the problem. And with him, you know, fixing that a little bit in that road start against Seattle, uh, I don't hate him today. I don't know if I'm going there on FanDuel on a single-pitcher site, but sites where I need multiple starting pitchers, 8,400 on DraftKings, and 16-2 uh, over on Fantasy Draft. Verlander has caught my eye a little bit tonight. Uh, Severino, I, I wonder how many people are going to jump ship on him because his last two starts have been underwhelming, you know, 18 and 24 FanDuel points. But before that, he was just rock solid, 52, 40, 50, 55, 33. Gets the Chicago White Sox, who uh, we saw Montgomery do pretty well against them yesterday, and they usually eat up against, eat against left-handers and struggle against righties. So... Uh, the numbers on Severino salary-wise, we've got 9,200 on FanDuel, 10-1 on DraftKings, and 19-6 on Fantasy Draft. DraftKings and Fantasy Draft a little bit pricey, I think, today, but could be a GPP option for you on FanDuel today at that number. Uh, and then the other guy that I'm really looking at tonight, um, and I think I'm going to be in the minority with this one is I think Carlos Martinez here against Arizona because I know he's pitching in uh, Chase Field, which is just a horrible environment to pitch in. But Seamart has really strutted against this Arizona Diamondbacks team in the past. And I know, you know, we are lukewarm sometimes, you know, using the BVP or pitcher versus batter numbers. But you've got 80 at-bat sample here, and he's allowed 19 hits and only four extra base hits, and not a single home run in the 80 at-bats against him. And uh, and Vegas seems to like him a good bit. I mean, I can't remember the last time Arizona at home um, having a, uh, a run total, you know, right around four, 4.14 here today, and Martinez as a uh, small favorite here on the road. A thing that can certainly drive people off, but the strikeouts for him, have been there. Last start, they weren't, but he was at eight or more in one, two, three, four, five consecutive before then. And this guy's given you a quality start in nine of his last 10 starts. So I think he has a lot to offer here today. 
you really, you know, get a bit nervous with him versus left-handers. And certainly, you know, that's the one thing this Diamondbacks team can do with Peralta and Lamb. Uh, but then, you know, Blanco, Descalso, Chris Herman, these guys don't worry me so much against Martinez, but I think that handedness and the number of lefties, if for whatever reason this lineup comes in more right-handed heavy than than we see right now, and if he creeps up to like minus 130 or 135 as the day goes on, I could be buying into Carlos Martinez because I think he's going to be really low-owned here against the Diamondbacks. So uh, I don't mind him today. I think I'm going to be on that island. Uh, James Paxton uh, against Aaron Nola. I think there's... Certainly some reason for concern with Paxton, but the one thing I really like against him is, uh, you know, he is at home. He is going against Philadelphia. If there's ever a spot he's going to rebound, this is it. Vegas, pretty strong favorite here at minus 177, team total 3.6. The salary that you get on him, he's okay on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. On FanDuel, I don't think I'm paying... Uh, the 8500 for him, I think I'd rather go up and get a, a a Martinez then for him. The one problem you have is his struggles have certainly come versus righties, and this is going to be a team that is probably going to have about eight right-handed bats. They're picking up a DH. Um, so I think I'm probably going to use him. I don't think he's quite a slam dunk in every single lineup that I roll out there, but I do think that we can consider using him. And then I think we got to look to Jeff Hoffman here a little bit. Again, out in San Francisco, this is just a really good spot for, for pitchers. And, you know, his last two starts came at home against Arizona and then one against San Francisco. Those weren't so hot. But you look at um, his three road starts before then, a 50-burger against the Cubs, 50-burger against Philly, 49-burger against Philly or against San Diego. Uh Clearly, you know, some of that competition isn't great, but either are the San Francisco Giants here. And Matt Kane is on the mound for the Giants. And we've got, you know, maybe a highest total here at eight and a half. But really, you know, to see the Rockies ever favored on the road is an unusual thing to see. So I think Jeff Hoffman here against this pretty mediocre uh, Giants lineup in that big ballpark is in play for me. So I don't mind him. Uh, Sean Newcomb against Chassin out there in the Padres. That's the side I want if I'm picking one here today. Uh, strikeout upside hasn't been quite as good as I would have expected. Certainly that opener, seven strikeouts in six innings is great. Um, but, uh, you know, only three Ks in the two games after that against San Francisco and Miami. This game might profile a little bit better for him. So, uh, 77 on FanDuel. DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, again, nice source of value there in that big ballpark. I prefer him over Chassin, who I just don't like at all. Uh, Maida's a strong favorite. I just don't play him. I don't feel there's enough upside in that matchup. Manea against a right-handed heavy Astros lineup. The BVP is in his favor, but uh, I'm not feeling that one. I think that's way too risky for me. And uh, I think that's it. I'm not nowhere, none of the other pitching options. Maybe you could you could make a small case for Drew Pomeranz. I mean, the Red Sox with an implied run line of over six today means they're expecting him to get a ton of support. And as we talked about yesterday, 
25th is the ISO for the Twins against lefties this season. So Dozier and Sano are good, but outside of those two, they leave a lot to be desired versus that handedness. So uh, you could maybe make a case for Pomerantz, especially FanDuel, where you get a little bit more K upside. The win looks more in line. He's only 8,200 there, and not awful on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. So I think there's a number of guys that we can do. I think those are the pitchers I'm going to be kind of uh, mixing and matching throughout my lineups uh, here today. All right, let's get to the positions. And again, if you're playing on Fantasy Draft, no catcher needed. But if you're on FanDuel or DraftKings, you obviously still need to uh, to get this position uh, rostered. And, you know, I think the, the one lineup that I'm really interested in tonight, and they haven't really done it for me very much so far this season, but... I think I'm in on Toronto against Kevin Gossman. I just don't think Gossman is very good. His numbers have been just awful so far this season. And uh, I think that Russell Martin today is a guy that I'm going to give a long, hard look to. I don't think I'm using any catcher on Fantasy Draft today because I just don't think that we need one. But uh, I will definitely go ahead and you know use him on FanDuel and DraftKings. As for the other catchers to uh, keep your eye on, I always love when James McCann gets a lefty, and uh, that is the case today. And doesn't get a very good one out there for Kansas City as well. So uh, I'm assuming he's going to crack the lineup here today. And if he does, he's only 2,400 uh, over on FanDuel. DraftKings at 2,900, even on Fantasy Draft 57. I know I said I'm not playing catchers, but uh, again, his numbers versus lefties have been so elite uh, for a long enough sample size, I think we can get behind it. So he's a guy that uh, I'm definitely looking at tonight. Uh, you know, Grandal seemed like the Dodgers were asleep at the wheel yesterday. Just did not do much of anything. But uh, another good spot for us here today. And was fairly hot there for a while. Had a nice five-game hit streak, but then went 0 for his last eight. Uh, but moderate price tag for, you know, the hitting conditions he's in. Uh, so he's a guy that uh, I'm definitely looking at as well. Um, trying to see if there's much else to look at. I know Salvador Perez has some really good BVP against Justin Verlander. I just don't see me uh, going that route today. If Evan Gaddis is cracking the lineup against uh, uh, against Sean Manea, I'm fine with him so far. Uh, he's got hits in four consecutive games, uh, which is certainly a good sign. Uh, Double-digit FanDuel points in four consecutive. So 2,800 there. Uh, juiced up a little bit on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft at 38 and 76. Not out of play on those sites, but just a little bit more expensive than I normally like to spend. All right, let's move on to first base. And, you know, I've got to wonder if maybe this is the, the start of the Indians' offensive sur- resurgence here after what happened yesterday. And they get Tyson Ross tonight. You know, their implied total again is five and a half. And Carlos Santana is just too cheap today. At uh, at just twenty or thirty three hundred, and you know a three thirty eight woba uh, over the last couple of seasons uh, against right handed pitching. Uh, that's actually this season, and he hasn't even had a particularly great season. But ended up, I think he had a home run yesterday. Yeah, last two seasons versus righty, pretty elite three seventy woba and a two forty nine iso. So at thirty three hundred, and a guy on DraftKings and FanDuel who I think. Uh, or excuse me, on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, 
I'm really locking in 3,200 on DraftKings and only 6,400 on Fantasy Draft. So uh, I really like him today. Uh, even E5 in that same matchup against Tyson Ross uh, at 3,700 on FanDuel. Bit more expensive again. There's the big pricing gap between the sites there um, on Fantasy Draft and DraftKings. But Definitely a guy on FanDuel that you can look at today. Uh, I love the Toronto Bats, so you know you've got Morales and Justin Smoke. Uh, Smoke's going to give the slight edge to me here today. A bit pricey today at 3,500, but I do like him. And we talk about the Red Sox, a team total of 6.28 here today implied. We'll see if Sam Travis does crack the lineup versus a lefty. You know, his numbers, we can't really look at him because it's only 17 at-bats, but he's been good against lefties. That's where he's going to play, and he's only 2,300. So if you need to punt that spot to get in pricey pitching uh, on FanDuel and I think DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, uh, 2,900 on on DK and under 6K on Fantasy Draft is really, really within that that range of guys that, you know, can can get you expensive starting pitching here today. Uh, one name that I think is kind of sneaky tonight, um, and that's, again, I like Colorado as a sneaky stack today, and Mark Reynolds against Matt Cain. I mean, this is a guy who is 4,200 on DraftKings. I mean, hardly ever do we see hitters at, in it, it seems, in Petco or Great America, whatever the ballpark is named these days, the one in San Francisco at that kind of price point, but they're projecting him to get hit up, and Matt Cain just has no strikeout ability. I love using Reynolds against these guys who uh, kind of pitch to contact, and his numbers much better versus righties, it seems. A 402 Woba and 238 ISO versus righties. So Mark Reynolds, sign me up for him here today to uh, to potentially get going in that matchup. Uh, all right, let's uh, move it on to second base here tonight. And we saw Chase Utley play pretty well again yesterday. Going to get Jesse Chavez if he's leading off. You know, this is the bias I have. I don't like old guys, and he's old, but he's batting leadoff, and the numbers aren't horrific so far at 2.3K and an offense that can get going. So I think he's in play a little bit on FanDuel tonight. I love Jason Kipnis on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. Just too cheap today against Tyson Ross. He's 30 what, 600 on DraftKings, uh, I believe like 70, let's see, bring it up here real quick, uh, on Fantasy Draft, he is 7,200, like he should be about 7,900 to 8K on Fantasy Draft, and he should be at least 4 to 42 on DraftKings, so he's got too cheap of a price tag next to him, and uh, I'll take advantage of that. Uh, Daniel Murphy didn't get it done yesterday, uh, but gets Jake Arietta tonight, probably not Paying up 5K for him on DK tonight, but 3,600 on FanDuel uh, does put him squarely in play. Aaron Nola against Robbie Cano, and Cano sitting at 3-5. A little bit pricier. Again, on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, maybe not fitting those builds, but uh, I don't mind him one bit on FanDuel. So got a couple of options that you can go go to. Um, Pedroia could be a value proposition. I mean, this guy... He used to be elite versus lefties, but his ISO is only over, slightly over 100 over the last two years. So um, he's cheap, though, and that team should score a pile of runs tonight. Uh, and then if you wanted to take Dozier against the lefty, uh, you could do it. I'm probably going to have some Pomeranz exposure, so I'm not likely to go there, but I get it if you do. All right, let's head on over to third base here tonight. 
and uh, Mr. Paw Patrol Ryder Jones uh, let me down yesterday, but he fired him back up with a uh, with a 2K crapper kind of uh, salary on him. He's 0 for 10 as a pro. His numbers weren't that bad in the minor leagues. I'm surprised he hasn't done anything. And we always say if you have a pulse in your legitimately 2K on DraftKings or I believe under 4K uh, on Fantasy Draft here today at 3,900, like that just allows you to get so much into uh, so much upside into your lineup potentially. Unfortunately, uh, I picked him instead of the kid from the Yankees, uh, Tyler Austin. And Austin hit a home run, didn't have him. Everybody else did. There went my money for the night. Uh, but I might go back to Mr. Paw Patrol, Ryder Jones. So uh, I'm going to give him a uh, give him a look tonight. Nola, uh, again, Kyle Seager. You love uh, lefties here in this matchup potentially. And Seager starting to hit the ball a little bit better and pretty moderately priced for, I think, some of the upside he brings to the table over on DraftKings today. Maybe not the best hitting environment, but you're getting him at 3,400. And uh, he's, you know, kind of been pretty solid over the last month. So don't mind him here today. Um, Josh Donaldson, number one guy for me on the entire slate, potentially against Kevin Gossman. Uh, I think he probably hits a home run tonight. Super high team total. He's only 3,800 on FanDuel, only 41 on DraftKings, and I believe around 9K on uh, Fantasy Draft. So Donaldson, he's my he's my top guy tonight. So uh, going to be rolling him in the majority of my lineups here today. I think he takes one deep against Gossman. He just does not have the ability to uh, to get it done. Uh, let's see. A few other options. Travis Shaw against uh, Tim Edelman. Great ballpark to hit in out there in Cincinnati. And uh, with an ISO over 200 here against righties, bats cleanup. Um, yeah, price tag's a little bit higher. I don't think you know a lot of people are going to be going there today. He could be a good tournament pivot. Um off of, you know, guys like Donaldson, even Manny Machado against Biagini. Uh, he's only, you know, 4K there on DraftKings, 35 on FanDuel. So I think Shaw's going to get the really low ownership. So Seager on the cheap, Ryder Jones on the cheap, and then give me some, uh, some Donaldson potentially up top. Uh, all right, moving on to shortstop for us here tonight. And again, Francisco Lindor. I'm going to continue to uh, roll some of these Indians out, hope they get hot. And uh, I, I think, you know, the price is fair enough on him against Tyson Ross. He's been just, you know, really solid hitter there against righties. 347 Woba. Give me some uh, Francisco Lindor tonight. I think Trevor Story is interesting against McCain, assuming he cracks that lineup at 2.7 value option on DraftKings as well at 3-1. Again, I think uh I think their sneaky little stack tonight is Colorado and uh yeah, I mean he's just too cheap and against again a guy who's really kind of fallen off a good bit but against pitchers who don't have that strikeout upside, I can certainly look to him today. Uh, I like I like uh, the Toronto bats so we can get Tulowitzki at a pretty fair price tag across the industry tonight. I I don't love Tulo because I think obviously his best days are are kind of behind him, uh, but he's starting to hit the ball a little bit better. I mean he's got uh, five hits in his last three games, uh, including a home run mixed in there. Uh, and yeah, he's twenty nine hundred on Fanduel and like thirty two hundred on DraftKings. Eight, uh, 63 on fantasy draft. So uh, a five-star play in our inside edge ranking. So yeah, like I think he kind of fits 
Uh, certainly a stack today, but could be even a one-off there if you uh, if you wanted to give him a shot tonight. Uh, Xander Bogarts against Hector Santiago. Uh, kind of fit in the, uh, the the FanDuel or play a little bit at 3,600. Uh, you know, almost 5K at 5K over on Fantasy Dra- or on DraftKings tonight. Probably not playing him and playing uh, Max Scherzer in that same lineup. That's a monster number to pay over there. Fantasy Draft with the corollary 9,900 over there. So uh, simply a spot that, you know... I think he's fine in a stack. If you're going with a Red Sox stack, all those guys are priced up tonight. I'm fine with it, but you know, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice uh, at that starting pitching spot. Uh, okay, that's what I got there. Let's move on to the outfield position, and uh, one guy who kind of pops a little bit uh, for me today is uh, is uh, Billy Hamilton. I think he's like 3K. Over on FanDuel, he's going against uh, Guerra tonight. Not, you know, I'm fine with the Reds. I don't think they're you know lock and load stack tonight. But if you look at Guerra's walk total, it has really been a problem for him here lately. And anytime you get Billy Hamilton, not a guy that takes a lot of walks, but hey, I'll take you know a pitcher who's walked five, four, four, three, three so far in his last six starts and he's only had seven starts this season. So he's been three or more every start, but one, and that can lead to trouble with guys like Billy Hamilton tonight. So, uh, you know, when he's at 4k, uh, or high threes, it's kind of a worry, but we're getting him at a really solid value today. So I think he gets a stolen base tonight. Uh, so that means he is in play at that price tag for me. Uh, we got to keep our eye obviously on the uh, value side of things. Um, uh, Mookie Betts just too cheap on FanDuel again at 3600 so I'm going to keep trotting him out there until, uh, you know, something changes. Michael Fires, you know, he gives up a lot of home runs. Uh, Chris Davis likes to hit a lot of home runs, so those two match up pretty well tonight as a, uh, a potential option for you. Malik Smith, it's crazy because I think everybody's going to come off of him because the price – has certainly risen here. Uh, you know, he was at 2,200 on draft King, on FanDuel not that long ago. Now he's 3,200 and uh, 3,900 on DraftKings, 7,600 on Fantasy Draft. But this guy has just really been amazing in this leadoff spot. Uh, you know, he continues to get it done. He's getting on base. I mean, he's had five walks over his last uh, his last three games, and then he also had. You know, he obviously has the huge stolen base upside. Power numbers, not really there for you, but Trevor Williams is not a particularly good player. So I think he's kind of a sneaky little play for you. I'm not sure if I'm stacking up the Rays in that uh, in that ballpark, but he's a guy I don't mind going back to. Uh, Bryce Harper, man, totally disappointing yesterday. I mean, this is basically I can tell you probably what's going to happen. Stack up the Nats yesterday, then today – they go off when I don't have them stacked up. So maybe I should stack them up somewhere um, against Jake Arrieta. Not the best uh, matchup maybe on the board for him, but uh, despite yesterday, didn't seem to do well. It still had three singles and then had was absolutely robbed by Javier Baez as well. So uh, Bryce Harper, not a bad play uh, here today, uh, just pricey-wise, you know, 4100 on FanDuel. Uh, J.D. Martinez against uh, Strom, the lefty. Uh, 435 Woba and 272 ISO versus lefties is a sign-me-up 
for that. Uh, Hunter Renfro, nice value against Newcomb. Also elite numbers. 445 in the Woba, 311 in the ISO the last 77 at-bats. So um, Renfro under 3K with the splits matchup that you like to have uh, really looks good. Another guy I'd like to pay up for, Charlie Blackman. He's got incredibly bad history against Matt Cain, and I really can't figure it out. Uh, let me bring it up here because I was looking at this this morning, and it was kind of baffling to me. Um, let's see. Charlie Blackman, uh, 6 for 20. I guess it's not that bad. I was expecting it worse. 6 for 20, uh, a double and a home run against him. Gerardo Parra got probably the best numbers against him, 20 uh, for 64. LeMahieu, not too bad either, 10 for 25. So, again, like the Rockies. And then uh, I'm going to go give you the BVP uh, play of the day. It's only like an 8 at-bat sample, but Marcelo Zuna has taken Gazelman Yard three times in his career in four hits and eight at-bats. Giancarlo, not too bad himself, uh, five hits and seven at-bats. Riel Muto, three for five. So they've done pretty well against them uh, historically. And kind of a highest run total around five there for the Marlins. So uh, I don't mind Giancarlo at all as a one-off today. And uh, Ozuna, d- depending on the price that you're paying, looks like 3900 uh over on FanDuel is a little bit pricey. 4K on DraftKings, 76 on Fantasy Draft is a, a little bit more moderate number if you think that uh, he's going to walk into the batter's box. Feeling pretty good about himself against Robert Gazelman. I think the answer to that is... Uh, a resounding yes. Uh, but there you go. That's the uh, quickie outlook for you on this Tuesday night slate. Uh, I'll be back tonight on Sirius XM. Make sure you check that out. Three and a half hours of live daily fantasy programming for you today, right up until roster lock. And then don't miss out. Best ball tonight, 9 Eastern. Set the alarm on your phone because you're not used to watching fantasy content. If you don't catch it live, watch it back on demand. We'll probably have it on podcast form for you as well. And a big thank you to Fantasy Draft for sponsoring this show. So check them out if you haven't done so already. I'll be back tomorrow uh, talking about some Wednesday night in DFS. Hope you enjoyed the show. Leave us a review over there on iTunes. And uh, good luck tonight in all your daily fantasy contests. And we will see you. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only.